This is the Joy of Geek. Welcome to the Joy of Geek Podcast, episode 51. I'm Rich Lepore. Kevin Schaefer. And welcome as well to our Halloween spooktacular. Spooktacular <laughs> extravaganza. Halloween um, yeah. disastrous. Oh, yes. Gotta love it. Scary and to... bloody and gory and... Well, and I know this is a podcast, so I can't... Decapitations. Oh, yeah, yeah. Gore. I can't share, you know, an image of this here, but... Yeah, if you follow me on Twitter or Facebook, uh, um, so I decided to do a random mashup costume this year that I wore yesterday uh-huh. here at the comic shop for our comic fest. Um, and I was Freddy Kirker because I combined Freddy Krueger with Captain Kirk, and so I really okay, yeah. What did that fun. look like? Basically, I did, so I have this yellow shirt that looks just like the yellow shirts they wear on Star Trek, and, okay. all, and I used that for a Star Trek costume a few years ago. So I wore that, strapped the Star Trek logo on top of it, okay. and then I bought a Freddy Krueger mask and uh, the claw from the Halloween store. Okay. And wore that, and yeah. So it it's was one totally of those things... random, and yeah, but I was like, this would be fun. It sounds like one of those things, fun fun as it may be, that you have to kind of tell somebody what it is yeah, for them exactly. to get it. Oh, it wasn't yes. like so oh, yes. apparent. Yeah. Cause it was... Cause it, well, it was kind of inspired because last year at Comic-Con, this guy did a Stranger Things, Doctor Strange mashup and called it Doctor Stranger Things, okay. and it was fantastic, right. so right. I was like... That would be cool. Mashups are cool. Mashups are. are definitely cool. Fun. You yeah. know, this other weird thing happened. I was checking out um, Saturday Night Live uh, for, for like, the, the pre-Halloween stuff uh-huh. they were doing. And did you ever hear about this David S. Pumpkins thing they did? Okay, I've heard something about that. I don't know really what it is. So I had or, to dive yeah. into it because, yeah. uh, first of all, it just popped on. Yeah, yeah. And uh, someone I was with was watching it. And all of a sudden, I hear Peter Dinklage. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, What's Peter yeah. Dinklage doing? I mean, obviously, he made a big splash when he hosted SNL. Sure, sure. Um, he's a really interesting dude. Um, and I hear his voice, and I was like, ooh, dulcet tones of Peter Dinklage. Uh-huh. So I had to look it up, and I looked up, and it, and it was, in fact, him uh, uh, narrating it. Uh-huh. And so it turns out that it was an animated special, about 30 minutes for Halloween this okay. year. But it's based on a sketch that Tom Hanks did a year okay, ago. Okay, that's okay. And it's called The uh, 100 Floors of Frights. So it's okay. kind of like the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror at Disney. Uh-huh. where But, like, so this one would be this is like a couple, and they're on an elevator. Um, and Keenan is in the elevator with them. That's his name, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And and so he, uh, he's like put taking them to each floor, and at each floor there's something spooky. So like on one floor there's a dude with a chainsaw, like I'm gonna kill you, and okay. they're like, oh my god, that's scary. On the next floor, it's like a chef, and he pulls open his little uh, platter, and it's like they had taken a picture of these people's face when they walked into the park and she's like oh my god it's my face, you know? It's like oh my god that's scary. They get to floor three and it's this weirdo dressed in like a, a jacket with pumpkins on it and he goes hi my name is david s pumpkins and then there's like two skeletons next to him pop locking okay. and and then like it's and he's just like got any questions and then it shuts and then you see the people who were scared each previous time and they're like actually i have a lot of questions like why is that scary yeah and um uh what is he from like i understand why like a chef with a head is scary but like David S. Pumpkins? Am I supposed to know what that is? And it was pretty good. But anyway, it became this big meme and internet sensation. Yeah, like, I knew Tom Hanks was connected to it, but I'd never gone back and, like, looked at the origins. But Yeah, but anyway, it's yeah. a pretty good sketch. And cool. Something that I've noticed, interestingly, about a lot of sketches, like, if you watch the Amy Schumer show or even mm-hmm. Portlandia mm-hmm. and Saturday Night Live especially, sketches end badly. Like, 
when they try to go like one step too far at the end of a comedy sketch, it yeah. always fucks it up for me. So it's like they'll have this great sketch. Amy Schumer is a great example. So they'll have a great sketch about Amy Schumer, and she like ne- she needs to make a uh, uh, a phone call to like a tell like one, like you know to get her cell phone bill fixed or right, something, right? right? Well, those kind of calls that we all dread. So she gets like a glass of wine. She lights some candles. She puts on comfortable clothes. Yeah, yeah. She's generally to get all relaxed because she knows like she's just gonna boil once this phone call starts. And like the call, it ends up being this really funny sketch about her talking to this guy, and he's just like you know leads her down. You know, just he's trying to be nice, but there's so many rules and policies. The call just takes hours and hours. Next thing you know, you see her. She's at the edge of a rope. She's ripping her hair out. She's like completely destroyed. And it was really funny. And then at the very end, they do, like, this stupid thing where, like, she gets on an airplane and flies to wherever his call center is and does and tells him he she loves him. And then they do a suicide pact together, and she kills both of them. It's like, it was really good, and then it jumps the fucking shark hugely. Okay. And, it, and, and that's not even the worst example. There's a lot of examples of this. These sketches, they just usually don't have good endings. I always notice that. They just go, like, they're like, okay, we got to have a real punch at the end, and it's dumb shit. Yeah. Um, anyway, this one didn't. This actually had a really good surprise at the okay. end. So anybody who wants to check out the David S. Pumpkins, that's my really long-winded way of saying you should check it out. My favorite SNL sketch in the last year was when Dave Chappelle hosted last year. He did this one that combined Walking Dead with the Dave Chappelle show. It was right after Negan killed Glenn on Walking Dead. And so... Um, they, you know, everyone's up about that, and um, and so it, Dave Chappelle's playing Negan that sketch, and then all the people he's trying to decide who to kill are characters from, uh, also played by him, uh-huh. characters from Chappelle Show, uh-huh. and that was super clever. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Dinklage, speaking of which, did a that whole episode is great. He did a yeah, Naked and yeah. Afraid that was oh, amazing, yeah. and the one that really sticks out in my head, he did one with um, like Pooh Bear, where he plays mm-hmm. Winnie the Pooh, which mm-hmm. was just hilarious, <laughs> and then his brother Denny the Real comes. Yeah. And He's like, I'm, I'm Denny the Real. Yeah. He's like, why aren't you wearing pants, Pooh? That's weird, man. That's weird. It was cool. Good um, acting there. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I've watched it enough times to imitate yeah. it pretty well. I like it. Um, alrighty. Cool. Um, so, so anyway, it's Halloween. It is. Um, um we're excited about Halloween. Absolutely. Um, so basically, how we're gonna do this today? Because um, we've seen some horror movies lately. We have. Um, a certain favorite show of mine returned on Netflix on Friday which I binged the entire season in a day. Um, so which blows my mind because you never do that. I know. I, I'm not a binge watcher. Actually, you do it a lot. Just kidding. No. no you I, never, no, ever do that. I'm not at all. Like, a, I literally, like, on Friday, I um, went to the mall to walk my dog and buy the rest of my Halloween costume and did some reading and emails for work. And then, because I knew I would get need sunlight and social interaction, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then I went home. Checked and, the boxes. Yep. And then I went home, and by, I started at, like, 2 o'clock. Was the intention to binge the whole season, or was the intention to start watching it and see how far you got? Um, a little of both. I was pretty set on going ahead and watching it all, because I knew I needed to watch Mr. Robot yesterday, and I didn't want to have that too much, and I wanted to do it this weekend, because everyone's going to be talking about it, and I had to share my thoughts. Um, So I was pretty intent on it, but yeah, I ate dinner in my room, everything. Wow. Wow. That's hardcore. Well That's was. hardcore. Okay, cool. So we'll be talking about that. Um, we'll do definitely. We're going to go in depth on Stranger Things. Right now, that just came out, so yeah. we're obviously not going to do spoilers. We're going to yeah, talk we, about it in broad strokes. But I we are haven't... looking at doing a spoiler cast later on. So 
fear not. Um, I think that'll definitely happen. I've actually gotten a lot further in season one now, so I'm almost sure. done with that. Sure. And then I'll be starting two, and then we'll be definitely maybe a month down the line. Yeah, people yeah, have yeah, yeah. Probably yeah. seen it. Sure. We'll rock some spoilerish thoughts on that. Okay. Um, also, then, Mr. Robot is a yes. show that we talked about a shit ton on this show mm-hmm. last year. Um, there were a lot of uh, positive reactions and some negative ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting. Um, so we've both seen the first episode of the new season. I haven't yep. gone any further. I don't think you have either. Yeah. No, um, and so, but the first one is is definitely you know points at a new direction for the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that'll be interesting to talk about. So we'll give you our thoughts on that. So that'll um, be the middle section. We're right. gonna start with just a couple news. Um, well, we have a big trailer to discuss. So we'll uh, yeah. Um, Pretty freaking big. Some discussion around that. Um, and then one more news story. Then we'll do, yeah, a massive what we've been watching to talk about Stranger Things, Mr. Robot, um, a few other things on TV, a couple movies, one of which I'm still perplexed is sitting on this table right now <laughs> that Rich bought and actually watched, but we'll get to that soon. Uh, um, and then we also saw Happy Death Day recently. So Happy we'll, Death Day! We'll end with a review of that. Um, awesome, which awesome. I think that'll be really fun. That will so, be. All right, um, cool. let's get into without, it. Without any further ado, let's just break it the fuck down let's and do talk it. about some Star Wars. Let's do it. All, all right, right. So, th- so when the first trailer dropped, I was like, okay. Now, it's Star Wars, so it's always awesome. But, right. I, you know, they made it so vague. That it was just like they called show. It was basically it could have been a montage of just showing you cool. Well, images. and actually, there was a someone did a play by play of um, can, playing it next to the first Force Awakens trailer, and they were like identical. So I mean, wow. it, yeah, it was kind of crazy how much they and, very and basic. Yeah, yeah, yeah very yeah. like no plot details. No, no. Um, which which actually is good. I mean, yeah. I like that. Blade Runner did that too. Blade Runner twenty forty nine, which I actually recently heard was actually a flop at the box office. It pisses me off. Even internationally too, it flopped in China. Yeah. It re- that really Sad. sucks because it's such Go a masterpiece. Go see Blade Runner. Please people. see Blade Runner. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, I digress. Um, but then about two weeks ago, mm-hmm. the real trailer, yeah, so to speak, dropped. Yeah. Um, and uh, the only well, time I watched football too because I was in. eagerly waiting for it to pop up awesome yeah Yeah, so so um director ryan johnson uh, this is ryan johnson ryan yeah um he um he was he's a little bit mixed on this so apparently and this is interesting they at at lucas arts and probably a lot of places they have meetings and they had one about a year ago where they sit down and discuss what is or is not off limits for pr um, so they actually had the conversation where they're like, okay, when you're putting together the trailer, yeah. when you're doing interviews, when you're doing this, it's very regimented. I'm not surprised that they do that, but I'm surprised that it happens a year ago. You know what I mean? It's like very yeah, planned. Oh, um, and, something like this. And so there were a lot of things that like he really just didn't want people to know yet. And so when this trailer, when he saw it, he, he was mixed. And he actually tweeted about this. He said – and he's the director, by the way. He said – Ooh, I'm really mixed because it's such a great trailer, and I want you to see it. But on the other hand, I like, don't I don't want you to, and right. I want you to be, not be spoiled. So, so yeah. anyway, uh, Kevin immediately dived in. <laughs> um, yeah, of uh, course. And uh, I, I tried to resist for a couple weeks, but now I've seen it, and man, it's awesome. And I don't regret having seen it. So oh, I yeah. would say, I would say, go ahead and watch it. I've seen it, it about ten times now. Yeah, oh, yeah, you were quoting it word for word as we watched it. Mm-hmm. I think yep. so. Um, anyway, new trailers out. Um, what are your thoughts? So it's re- the really interesting thing um, as I was reading about it. Uh, so obviously Snoke is kind of the voiceover here, um, and we actually get to see him in person because in Force Awakens, you know, he's a hologram. Um, we get to see Snoke, um, in, and he lo- appears to be Force choking Ray um, at toward the end of the trailer. But um, his voice is um, present at the beginning and the end, and he says, um, "When I found you, 
I saw raw untamed power. Um, but we don't know who he's talking to at this point. And so recently, uh, because the trailer's gone around internationally, um, the Taiwanese version has subtitles and they were able to decode it. Which and this is what, I, this is what, I, and this, a similar thing happened with the last Jedi title too, with like the, I think it was, um, the German translation to, um, debating over whether it was Jedi was plural or singular, but here, um, the you in when I found you, um, in that line, it's the feminine you, um, which is pretty much an indication that Snoke is talking to Ray in that show. So when I found you, I saw raw and same power. Um, cause the assumption would Wait, be he's that, that wasn't Luke saying that. No, that's Snoke. Wasn't it? it should have no, scared but, me look, more that time. Th- that's, that's Luke later. I'm talking about the very beginning of the, oh, um, of the okay. uh, when, um, the voiceover by Snoke. Like okay. the, the opening time. I, yeah. I haven't seen it enough. They okay. do, yeah, they do have guys, they, and they have similar. They say the same thing, books. basically. Yeah, pretty okay. much. And All right. That's another thing that is trying to confuse you too. And then at the end, when um, Snoke says to someone, "Fulfill your destiny," the male symbol is used, which it's likely that he's talking to Kylo there. Right. Right. So um, this is really interesting here because you know, obviously, from the trailer we see at the end, um, it appears that. Kylo and Rey are in some sort of allegiance with each other. The alliance. Right. The, the, the look is that um, Rey is, you know, she's having trouble. And, 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 and you know, we yeah. kind of know that Luke is very ambivalent. Right. Um, there's to a quote er, to train her. There's yeah. a quote earlier where he's like, I've seen this kind of power before. before. Um, I didn't, it didn't scare me. It didn't me scare then, me like it should it have. And it does now. It does now, yeah. right. So, and then also we know that he sort of decided, I'm going to be the last Jedi. No yeah. more Jedi. Yeah. Um, so obviously she's in need of a trainer. Um, also, when you look at, or in somebody just to guide her spiritually and, and with the Force. Yeah. And then when you think about Star Wars in general, um, it's very much about that concept. Sure. Uh, very often in all of the expanded universe and all of the everything and all the movies and TV shows, it's always a matter of, You've got amazing power. Who's going to show you how to use it? Right. Um, that is like a theme. If there's one, it's top three on themes. Sure. Um, who is it going to be dark or is it going to be light? And who's going to be the person to lead you to that destiny? Sure. Um, and so at the very end of the trailer, the big like what the fuck moment is Ray is standing in a, you see her face and basically yep. she's like, I need somebody to guide me and show me what my place what is in all of this. Is. Yep. And then uh, Kylo holds his hand out. out. And then goes to the title right um, so it's obviously been the most uh biggest point of discussion since the trailer dropped but i think it's um, probably a red herring i th- I, I mean i think well i'll tell you what i definitely think is a red herring when um it looks like kylo's about to kill leia right, right there you know and okay because uh, that was that was a cruelties but uh, uh i don't think it's gonna happen because uh, granted i do i know that the episode nine storyline has changed significantly not just because of multiple writers but because of carrie fisher's death. sure sure she was originally supposed to be the big the focus big front focus of, of the those people writers. right of the, it's like force awakens was han's movie this is luke's that was supposed to be leia's obviously that's changed still i don't think i don't think there would be a way to kill her off here because they had already finished filming by the time uh, she passed away so I don't see how I can't believe like she that. died. I still no, can't believe it. I know. Oh, it's it's still so. But I mean, so unnecessary. Yeah, what yeah, happened? I know. All right. Anyway. But anyway, I do think that's a big red herring, though. They was just like a you know a tease there that um, obviously there will be. I think there will be a confrontation between her and Kylo, but I don't think she's gonna he's gonna kill her too. Um, 
Totally agree. Uh, but but do you think that Ray like okay so so judging yeah. from like the trilogy concept of like yeah. the second one's the dark one right usually. right so do we see yeah. this one as do you think she's gonna actually go and join the dark side a, a fully at one point or do you think she'll just like get training and then switch light and that'll be one of the things in the movie like plot points or do you think she's may actually go straight dark and if she does then who's our hero yeah that's a uh, i mean does john boyega become our hero and and we do see him in this trailer swinging a lightsaber right um, he, um when he's fighting phasma so so do we i mean is he getting and we also know from from Rogue One that you have non Jedi's using the Force. Yep, absolutely. Um, so it's and that every, was kind the of rules the are thing. kind of played with. That's the thing, and, the, and especially the non Jedi thing is the biggest thing to go off of. Is um, you know the concept of Jedi and Sith has not been really prevalent in the new trilogy, um, and you know we don't we don't even know what Snoke is. What if he you know uh, we see him doing the Force choke here, but. We have yet to understand his origins, if he has any connections to the Sith, even. Dark side, yes, but that's the thing. The rules are definitely changing here. It's so interesting, it's, yeah. I think she will go through some sort of... I can't see her going Some sort of reckoning. Dark side. Yeah, yeah. Because, as uh, you know... It would be interesting it, as shit. It was. If she was, and, like, straight bad guy and maybe even stayed straight bad guy. Or maybe they do it, like, kind of a reverse uh, Darth Vader where Anakin, where, like, she goes dark much sooner and then comes back to the light and is, like, a really too. a disturbed character. They did have a lot of success with kind of a disturbed female protagonist in Rogue One. Yeah. Uh, which was interesting. People kind of liked that she was, I don't know, a little jaded, a little right. darker. Well, and they... The, biggest baffling scene in force awakens is still when she goes into the cave on in maz Kanata's palace um and she has that vision and um kylo and the knights of ren are standing there there's so many things going on in that scene but um this makes you want to watch force awakens tonight yeah i just watched it again weaker so okay but yeah. yeah um but yeah but um yeah so there's definite foreshadowing there there's a lot that could happen and that's i mean Still, the biggest thing that has come out of all of this is Mark Hamill said when he first read the script, he disagreed with like every decision Luke made in the story, and had it took a lot of conversations with Ryan Johnson to get on board. That to me is fascinating and gets me on board. Wow! Because, like, I mean, so this is a very iconoclastic film. Right. It's going to be one that that sort He's of breaks from what you think. Right. Mm -hmm. Well said. Yeah. Well said. Interesting. Whereas Force Awakens was a perfect nostalgia. Um, you know, return to form. This for is the, the this is the shakeup. Yeah, well, you know the exactly. thing the thing about all of this, you know that that underlies all of what we're talking about here is um, all this behind the scenes directors getting fired stuff mm. because we know that like fifty percent of the people hired to make these movies get bounced sure. so far, sure. um, especially the the alternate universe ones, for in large part because Lucas arts wants a very specific vision and their characters need to be treated in a very specific way and sure. have it's it's just it's very rigid seeming um and you know ryan johnson it seems like there was no friction there or if there was it wasn't tremendously bad right, right. um so my original kind of maybe worry or thought was that he's basically just going to be the dude that's kind of just doing the will of kathleen kennedy or yeah. whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. um but then when you tell me that that really speaks to something that goes against that completely yeah. so i i wonder i wonder how much of a straightforward star wars film we're going to get or how much of and like a twisted surprising 
devastating you know second movie in a trilogy we might get and before jj got hired to um do episode nine after trevor's departure he said this is back when uh, also the script had just been finished and everything he said the script was so good he regretted not directing it yeah. right so this is going to be one heck of an tour experience and it's also the rumors are that it will be the longest star wars movie to date jedi last jedi yep. interesting what is that what is what was the longest one so far close to not quite two and a half but this one is looking closer to two hours 40 minutes or so wow okay so all right all just right. shy of three hours yeah. there's gonna be a lot of content yeah that's cool Big that's time. really cool all right well that's exciting oh, um gosh, uh <laughs> now tell me gauge your excitement obviously you're not as excited about this as force awakens you were, uh, right? i don't know well i mean yeah it only because there was such a long time before. it was a long time in between that's now. the only reason i say that not that's because true, it looked true, not as true, good true. um yeah i mean story-wise i'm more excited about this one than but yeah experience wise that's the only i mean because now that we're getting a star wars movie every year that should be like a dream come true for me but it's all it, it's a little it much takes, it takes away the special aspect of it you know because it's yeah. like i always liked waiting you know three years in between for and this is only two in between each trilogy movie I, and then anthology ones in between those it's it's a lot i hope solo turns out well is that I what it's know. called now is it called solo okay yeah. they now it's official <laughs> That's fine. Called solo a Star Wars story. All right. Yeah. All right. I mean, but, do you really are you are you, you love? Really I don't like care about that, about but I, I I don't really have much faith in the movie. Really? Wow. I mean, I know that I'm very worried about the main performance. But um, I I mean, even when Lord and Miller were attached to it, it's not one I was terribly excited about anyway. I mean, like the most exciting thing about it is and fun and 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 I kind mean, of yeah, like I, sky piratey and yeah, but like I'd rather see something totally new. Uh, or Knights of the... I mean, I've always been pushing for a Knights of the Old Republic movie, but, um, yeah, I mean, should be okay, but I'm I'm still not... Uh, the okay. most excited I am for it is Donald Glover playing Young Oh, Man, hell yeah. But that's about... That's the most exciting thing about it. Okay, cool. Um, alrighty, well, let's, uh, let's move on then, um, and talk about, uh, we'll shift into a little bit of our yeah. first horror touch. Um, so... What has happened, Kevin? There, I'm reading a headline right now that, and this was covered in New York Times. But I'm reading up on Screen Rant, but um, domestically uh, at the box office, 2017 is officially the biggest year for horror of all time uh, for horror movies. Um, so that's as of these huge. statistics. Um, let me pull it up just to make sure. Um, this year's horror films have brought in 733 million in ticket sales, and there's still two months to go. So it's that a, is. Great. Yeah, I mean it's great, but and what was that's one, main? That's on the heels of primarily. It and Get Out are the two biggest ones. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it was the biggest horror movie of all time. Get Out did amazing. Um, you know, there were. Uh, let's see. Um, I don't. Uh, I think Jake saw was a flop, but. Um, but was so, it? Yeah. I, no, I think it was. I think it won the box office. It just wouldn't do as well as they thought. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe no. Maybe I saw it was. Suburbicon the, was a flop. Okay. Yeah. 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 I think I saw it was like the lowest of the Saw movies, but I mean mm. that's not no, that's not. Okay. But even then, like I mean, even with a few like floppish ones like that, it's still you know like the Snowman. I don't think did well either. Snowman is mostly horrendous. Yeah, not but, surprising. Nah, it didn't really. I wasn't expecting but, much. But between it and Get Out, those both killed it. So it's yeah. a really fascinating year, and yeah, I it's just crazy that it's the, the biggest year of all time because you think about. In the 70s, you had movies like The Exorcist and Alien no, and all these. It was always niche. Yeah. So horror has become real mainstream. True. 
um, in a way that it never was before. Like, it almost took the spot of, like, um, uh, uh, romantic comedies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that was, like, it was, like, a niche thing. There were a lot of them every year. They're lower budget, generally. Sure, sure. And, I mean, even It wasn't, it, it's not, like, Avengers Oh, no, budget. no. You really, know, these yeah. are, pretty, you know, 45 million. You yeah. Know, not 300 million. So, right. Yeah. And so... You know, it, it's it's like that. Those are the movies that people go on dates to now, sure. rather than a romantic comedy. They want to go see horror, snuggle up, be scared with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, horror is huge, and you know, especially with the, how inexpensively you can make like a found footage movie, yeah, or like just just a movie that takes place like in a mansion mm-hmm. or any of these. I mean, Happy Death Day, great example. We'll talk all about it, but. I mean, imagine that isn't that expensive. You go on a college campus and like film for three months, right, right, and that's it, or three weeks. I mean, I mean. So there, there, it's just, and there's so much more interest in horror lately, and with with gaming too. It, it, anyway, yeah, no, I mean, I've gotten much more into the genre in recent years, and you know, especially well, it and Get Out are two really good examples because Get Out taking a very socially relevant concept and exploring that through the lens of horror and doing it in a way that hadn't been done before, it providing both nostalgia and something new um because it's a really good coming of age story set in the 80s classic uh you know jump scare horror um but with modern day effects and a chilling performance from uh bill skarsgård so many things that help make it what it is right um so it makes sense why those two were so successful certainly Uh, certainly um well, you know, on that note, yes. why don't we talk about I'll, Get Out? I want to hear you because I here. have seen Get Out now. Yep. Um, so I need here, to rewatch it because I saw it when it came out. But yeah, here's where I am on Get Out. Um, interestingly, when you first saw the trailers for that, it looked like it was going to be a political screed about race. Yeah. Um, and uh, the concept being that here's a guy who's dating a white girl. He's a black dude. I love him, by the way. He's fantastic. He is the guy who stars in 12 million merits or 14 million 15 million merits whatever it's okay, called yeah, yeah. my favorite by far black mirror episode and he kills it in uh, that uh-huh. um he's very good at playing a soft spoken guy with like Subtle-y. a lot of power uh-huh. so not even just subtle but he's just he he doesn't talk a lot uh-huh. he says a lot with his eyes and he 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 has tremendous gravitas even without a lot of words and without a lot of volume sure and then when he does have, you know, outbursts, they're intense and, and, and jarring. Yeah. So, I, you know, I there are, th- there are some weaknesses in the performance, too, where I think, like, I'm not really getting that much out of him. But generally speaking, he just kills that role. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I'd say nine out of ten scenes that he's in are just phenomenal. And um, so anyway, going into it, I was excited. But also, you know, I knew that it, it had this whole social commentary aspect going where it was going to be about this dude, him. Um, and his girlfriend, and they go home to meet her parents, who aren't even aware that he's black, and that once they get there, like, the whole town just acts like they've never seen a black person before, and that he's, like, this, you know, amazing specimen, and it's not, like, overt racism, it's almost, like, accidental backwards racism, and it's just supposed to, like, speak to the, you know, African-American experience and and all of that, And, and basically play on the horror of being completely alienated because of your race. Right, right. Um, and, and while it does end up being that movie still, it completely changes what you think it's going to be by, you know, the intentions of everybody are revealed to be completely different. Um, I think I think it's an absolute masterpiece. I think that sure. when I, I – about and what's funny is about an hour in or, or 
40 or 50 minutes in, I wasn't having the best time yet. At that point, I was like, this is a movie that I'm only kind of enjoying, and unless it does something amazing, I'm not going to love it. It, it, could, it really is the kind of movie that everything that came before hinges on what happens later. Mm. Um, but once it was revealed what's really going on, and we might as well discuss it because it, it does, it's been, been, it's a, been a long, yeah. long time. Yeah. So what it turns out to be is that the girlfriend, this was the biggest like devastating reveal for me, the girlfriend is a honey trap. Um, and she was um, basically she goes out and that scene where where you find where where he goes in her closet and yeah. finds a box and it's her with a number of black dudes that right. have all disappeared, even though she said he's the first black guy she ever dated. Hold on, he's. But yeah, he finds this box and is horrified and then. But okay, I don't know why he didn't run right then because then he still goes out to meet her like well he I, wants the keys you right know, right okay, he, yeah. he thinks he, he thinks that she doesn't know that he knows yeah yeah yeah. so yeah. he's thinking that that's gonna work but you're right it doesn't really make sense because if she is that person right. then she's never mom, gonna give him those keys because her mom already did the hypnosis with them with the tea and all that like right they're definite psychos so, the, but, and, they, and they have complete power yeah. over him and he kind of knows this at that point so you know he plays yeah. it okay um, but what a climax! Though. I mean, the climax of that movie is that movie, yeah. and you know the when you find out that she's a, a honey trap and that the whole family basically gets black dudes out there because nowadays um, black guys are like kind of the in thing, and they're you know very athletic uh -huh. and they're considered really handsome in today's modern culture and just just almost. It, it takes that concept that I said was what I thought the movie was going to be. And flips it on itself. It, it flips it on itself, but it doesn't contradict it either. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So these people are really interested in him, and they are treating him like this thing that, you know, like in a fishbowl that, that, that they're sort of like saying accidental racism stuff. But when you find out that it's all because they're sizing him up to be basically their new body, it's mind-blowing. And especially the fact that it just builds twists on twists. So the fact that that the one guy when he's like in this world and he's freaking out because everybody around him is um, not getting it and acting weird and he's like, oh my god, I'm in Looney Land, everything's upside down. And then he meets the photographer uh -huh. and you're like, oh my god, finally, somebody that gets it, a white dude that gets it. Uh -huh. And they're talking and it's like, oh wow. And this, this guy is like, I know you, you're a photographer, I wish I had your eyes. When you find out that he's the one who's going to be the person who gets his uh, body, right? I was just so betrayed right. and hor horrified right? And, and just in such an impactful way. And you see him, his head is shaved because he's on the operating table, and it's like, holy fuck, that's so sick. Uh, and, and then everything in the movie becomes good. The stuff that I was bored with earlier, mm -hmm. like that, that other black dude, the one other black guy that's there, like attacking him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just like, and that's kind of boring and lot, annoying. Yeah. 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 And then when you realize that his real personality is in there, and that was it coming out for a second, right. but that most of the time, he's that woman who he was with's husband. Yep. yep. And he's just, you know, he, he may look like this black dude, but he's like an old white dude, really. Yeah. No wonder he acts like that. Yeah. And when you make that realization and that every time – and when they do flashes and you see that there's a woman feeling his muscles and then saying to her husband in a wheelchair and you didn't notice it the first time. Yep. But she's like, what do you think, honey? He looks pretty strong, huh? And he's like, oh, yeah. And it's like, oh, my god. That's because that's going to be him. Exactly. Oh, my god. And exactly. she's like, I'm going to have sex with him once he's you. Oh, shit. 
So it's just so good, and it, and it works it. It's such a campy concept, and you know there are other movies like Selfless, for example, where right. they do that in a sci-fi way, and it's much more serious. That movie had Ryan Reynolds, and I never saw it, and Ben Kingsley, but basically a dude gets old, and then like he gets swapped into the body of a young dude or something like that. Oh yeah, I saw that trailer. Something oh, like yeah, that, yeah, something yeah, very yeah. serious, sure. and I'm sure they have scientific basis in that one. But in this one, they do it really campy. Yeah. Like you know, he goes, he gets strapped down into this basement chair and watches on an old timey TV as like the grand grandpa and grandma or grandfather like talk about the work they've done and then when you find out that that the father um he's a neuroscientist oh wow of course and then when you hear that the son who you thought was just this annoying crazy motherfucker um asking questions about you could be an mma with your particular you know build it's just so clever and then you realize why he was saying that and maybe even he was thinking maybe I could become him one right. day or it, it just it could have been anything. It's so fascinating. And then he was like, well, he's sort of in training to be a doctor. But then you hear the son. Mm-hmm. But then you hear that he's a fuck up at school. So you're like, wait, that doesn't make sense. Later on, it does though because his dad's training him, and it's in the basement, and it's sick. And then it, it it's smart because it lets the viewer be smart. So like when he's sitting in that chair and he's clawing at the things, I called it about two minutes before it happened. I was like, he's going to put it in his ears so he can't be hypnotized again. And that's what happened. And I felt so proud of myself. That's what a clever director does. The really fascinating thing about it is the whole movie could have been a Key and Peele sketch because of the I mean, you think about yes. the satirical aspects of it and how, you know, how ridiculous it is as a concept. But the way he takes his comedy roots and merges it with his love of horror and creates this hybrid what a i mean just mega mega hybrid and just auteur masterpiece for his first film it's a, it's just amazing uh, it's so I mean, good not just his, not only is the writing fantastic but the directing i mean that scene with where um what's her face uh, the mother hypnotizes him the I, I um what's her name she played the woman Car- from, Car- Catherine Keener right right from four year old virgin um so she hypnotizes him the way that entire scene is executed is just so engrossing and I mean yes there were times where I agree with that I was like a little more like um you know got a little bored and stuff but yeah. until you scene, realize what it meant. exactly yeah uh, but with that scene the, when it goes into the sort of dream sequence and um you know that the zoom in on his bulging eyes and then it yeah. um takes and then you the, into this black background and and, and oh. the way it shows you what it would feel like to be in the body but yes. not in the body yes. and then when you realize the true horror that all these other black dudes have had that happen yep. to them and that they're basically in there almost kind of watching it the TV metaphor so they're almost watching their lives go by but they don't get to control it almost right, right. and the way they depict it you're right from a directing oh perspective that's and that's is a really hard thing to do for your first movie. I mean, even with his years of experience doing comedy and writing uh, sketch comedy, etc. I'm, I'm assuming probably directing sketch right, comedy too. Right, right. But still, like to do a feature length like this and to just blow it out of the park, it's phenomenal. It's just such a good concept, and it, and it isn't so radical. This idea of like, well, we're going to take over your brain. Yeah. But the way they do it is so good, and then it's just reveal on reveal on reveal. Uh-huh. When they finally, and I watched this like a little vignette for twelve minutes where they talk about like the horror of the movie and like how they created it, and they talk about when you see the bingo scene, like you see everybody, and the camera scrolls up until you can see that he's up on the placard. Right. So they just everything was thought out so 
clearly. The producers, you know, producers, if anybody, as anybody knows, are the people that pay for the movie, basically, yeah. or they secure the funding. And this was Blumhouse Productions. And when they were talking about it, they were like, you know, he came up to us and he said, here's my idea for this movie. And I love horror and, you know, I'm, I'm really inspired to do this exactly this way. Uh-huh. And they said he had such a clear vision. It was so obvious that he knew exactly what everything was going to be. Right. And when you find that, you just say, all right, you know, you've got lightning. Here's a bottle. You know, it's amazing. I mean, and so – it's a movie that, like, the last – it's an hour and a half, and the last 30 minutes make the whole hour and a half awesome. Yep. Um, and and then it's so satisfying. And then, like I said, reveal on reveal, when you find out that it's actually the grandma and the grandpa that are the, the, that are the, the, the housekeeper and the guy chopping wood. Yep. So at first you think this is so fucked up. These are black people that have been kind of squashed down to such an extent that they're doing manual labor and they don't even care. And then you find out that it's even more fucked up than that, but yet not in the way you thought. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. it's great because it gets to play on the idea of race and social issues, but it isn't the most important thing. It's it, it's maybe the most important thing thematically. Thematically, but it's But also- plot-wise, it's yeah. not the, f- the focus. Yeah, no, it has an extremely compelling narrative that goes beyond just interested that. in regardless um, it could have just been able to tell, you know, powerful themes. It could have been. You could have stripped the themes out, made it athletes, uh-huh. black guys and white guys that yeah. were that were brought there because they're the strongest and most athletic. Yeah, yeah. It wouldn't have been as powerful because it wouldn't right. have had certain themes that make right, it great. Right, right. But it still would have been awesome. Right. Right. Um, and I, I, I mean, it's just it's it's that good. I mean, yeah. it really is that good. And she gets so evil. That the young girl, dude. Like when I saw it, because I saw it in theaters. And yeah. It was pretty packed out. It was, me, Randy, his girlfriend, and pretty packed theater. And oh my gosh, at the end there, where um, it they tease you from it, make you think that um, she's gonna win, and like when the cops show up, and because she's gonna be like, oh, he's assaulting me, you know? Oh, and I all know. That, you're, we were like, no, kill her, kill her, kill her. Like, oh, it, like the audience was so invested in that moment. It was. And fantastic. then when that guy ends up pulling up, what a satisfying yes. reveal! Holy right, shit! Right. His it was friend, so yeah, satisfying. Yeah, yep. The movie is just full of satisfaction. It's yep. uh, uh, laughing moments, yep. cheering moments. It's so good. Amazing cinematography just all around. Perfect Halloween. The thing is freaking awesome. So yeah. see it on Halloween or any other time because yep. mm-hmm. it freaking rules. Yeah. All right. Well, there's Get Out. Yeah. So oh, anyway, yeah. your answer to that question yeah, is yeah. I fucking love it. Yeah. Excellent. Um, I wasn't sure the whole time I was gonna. Yeah. But boy, did I, man. Oh, yeah, and she's so evil. She's so evil. And then she's and in the her room looking too, for the next victim. Catherine Keener and then the dad. Bradley Whitford um, killed yes, it. They both because they both come off as these like sweet innocent. You know, they're hugging him when he when they meet him and all that stuff. And and I love um, when he goes, "How long has this thing been going on?" It's just so. Oh, it's so good. And the way that the daughter plants the seed early on, she's like, he's going to bring up this Obama story to make it like seem extra quaint right, and right, innocent right, in this right. really insidious way. The thing is so well planned. Mm. I mean, the, the script is solid. It is tight. Yeah. Anyway. Absolutely. So, so what else have you seen, out. buddy? Lately, okay, um, movies, uh, Happy Death Day was the last one I did, um, uh, TV wise, aside from Stranger Things, and um, uh, I'm caught up on Flash, except for this week's episode. I need to go back and watch it. Okay, how but many does that mean? The what? Wait, what? How many has it been? I'm I'm only behind one week. Um, but no, but how many have there been? Three episodes okay. this season. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's okay. 
I, what is a it, lot season of people, four now or five? Yeah, season four. So a lot of people agree with me in that the first episode, it was okay, but it really should have been split up into two episodes. And this happened last year too with Flashpoint. They should have done that too. Yeah. But basically they do kind of like, they're doing sort of Crisis on Infinite Earth, Rebirth-esque material. Because, I mean, without huge spoilers, but Barry ha- um, goes into the Speed Force at the end of Season 3, and he's trapped there for a while. Okay. And so, the Season 4 is about getting him out. But it starts off with a really cool thing, because it's Wally and Cisco um, as the... Uh, Cisco is now in full vibe suit, and um, Wally's the main Flash right now, and Iris is team leader. And they have a really good dynamic going as a team there. Um, with or without Barry, and with cool. I think they're doing Man, fine without Barry. It feels like everybody and... turns on Barry in this fucking show. And the because first he season, such a tiny little bitch. In the first oh season, God. everybody was like, "He's the perfect Barry Allen." This show I mean, is the I best. Mean... Hold on, hold on. Okay. This show is the best, like CW show there's ever been. Maybe the best superhero yeah. show ever. The season is true perfection in every way. The mm-hmm. villains, the characters, the heroes, all of it. And then all of a sudden, season two. Barry Allen's a little whiny bitch. And it's been that way for three was, seasons. I wasn't as that that early on, but definitely by season three. Season three gets very gloomy. Everybody and, just turns uh, on him. Why gets, is he so bad? Because he gets so indecisive and he keeps making the same mistakes over and over and over again. And the thing is, the, so people did criticize season three. I mean, me too, for season three for being too gloomy and all. I don't mind it being darker, but it was just so gloomy and melodramatic and you know, Savitar wants to kill Iris, et cetera, et cetera. But they, their answer to that is just, okay, let's revert everything to back to the way it was. And, you know, they're um, trying to start over. And so, yeah, I mean, he's back within, you know, a, like a few minutes into the episode. They, um, they're just trying to, like, reset everything. And I'm just like, no, you need to let ramifications play yeah, out. Yeah, that doesn't um, work. If and, you don't have stakes and consequences, yeah, yeah. it's like why everybody loves Game of Thrones. Yeah, People yeah. fucking die. Yeah, yeah. And when they die, yeah. they're dead. Yeah. And then, I mean, it doesn't have to be that extreme, but mm. if, if you have bad things happen and yeah. there's no repercussions, you feel cheated. Right. Why'd right. you put me through that? Right. And so now he's all, like, happy-go-lucky trying to, like, get back into the swing of things, and all of a sudden, I'm like, you know. But, um, I don't know. I so I still really enjoy the first two seasons. I mean, I still love the show overall. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. But um, yeah. season three is definitely has a lot of weaker points to it. But yeah, it. Uh, but yeah, I would have loved to see an entire episode just focus on the new team and not have Barry come back until the very end. <laughs> or then, how about never? Well, no, not never. I mean, it's like I still. I mean, and Grant Gustin, don't get me wrong, is the perfect person for okay, Barry Allen. Okay, I mean, like, so you still, a, you still feel oh, that. Oh, this was never his fault at all. Like, it's more the writing is, like, is what keeps, you know, causing him to make the same mistakes over and over again. Um, but, oh, no, Grant Gustin is still gives dollar performance every week. Okay. But, um, it's just, yeah, it's... The, I would have really liked to see Wally and Cisco and Iris and all that play out a little longer and give it some time to breathe and then, you know, bring Barry back at the end, make it a two-part episode um, and then kind of dive into crisis on infinite material i mean but, are they still doing like 23 episode seasons yes. like that, they have so many like the, episodes and, and why four, can't they dedicate shows, three or four to four, that first part i agree and it's four shows right now black lightning's on the way i mean it's just black so lightning looks it. bad yeah. i hope it's not bad but it looks shitty I mean, well, as their trailer, I mean, I've seen promo. Yeah, that no, I saw the trailer. Okay. Yeah, it's shitty, man. It's just like he's just like I'm gonna protect my family. His suit looks whack. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it just looks campy, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll see. I hope it's good, but 
I don't know if anybody ever asked for Black Lightning anyway. Nah. I mean, does anybody I'm even not. know who that is? Not really. I mean, I'm all for, you know, a black uh, superhero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Black Lightning? Static Shock is more popular. Yeah, bring black Static Lightning. Shock. Yeah, yeah. Make him come up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. But, yeah, so, I mean, I'll keep watching it, but that's the only one I'm caught up on. Where are you in all the other ones? Um, Legends, I don't really like. I mean, it's fun. Do you not fun. even like it? It's fun, but it's like, it's so nonsensical and stuff, it's hard for me to like, even invest in it at all but um and the team changes like every season because because they're traveling all over time and okay. stuff but mm-hmm. it's fun but i just can't like because the time travel rules in it make no sense whatsoever i can't just do so well, i watched about yeah, but a season none of that would matter if it was really fun yeah it must not be no i i mean it, it's fun but it again but flash and supergirl are fun too and i can only handle so yeah, much like yeah of can't that be superhero tone. right yeah. right and it is kind of the same time ago arrow just is the most inconsistent of them so like it and i don't know i mean you used to be really about it like yeah. I, even in the year with Ra- rachel ghoul i remember or raza ghoul whatever i remember you being like i'm still really enjoying it yeah i'm so the biggest thing is the allicity stuff just never ends they keep going back uh the drama there i'm just like please kill that relationship because it's just it, they will not commit one way or another and um well i guess i can't really spoil it yeah, yeah, don't do yeah, that. yeah yeah there's let's just say there's a character who undergoes a trauma and is paralyzed in season four and then they backtrack on that by the end of the season and that and really not annoys me anymore. no that really sucks and that's that, just like why don't we do the oracle thing magic. again right and it's literally and they even reference the name too so it was just like and it would have been great if they had kept this character as disabled because it was representation you know, great, great representation and not it was to mention like, and, it's interesting it was cool yeah. when you are disabled yeah. in in yeah. fiction sure. what you see is new strengths emerge right right you know what i mean it's kind right. of like when when people are blind their hearing becomes a key right right like right. so many places you could explore right. right and curing this by not even like I mean, not like even biologically, like, just with literally a wand. Literally, much, right? Yeah. You said magic. So it was I like magic that. and technology and stuff, and yeah, it was just... But they didn't even keep it for more than half a season. If they like, can do that, then nothing matters ever. Right, Because right. if you can just magic and technology, yeah. quote-unquote, yeah. somebody back from paralysis, yeah. then you can magic and technology them back from death, too. Right, right, right. So... That's where it's just kind of annoying me, but I don't know. So that's kind of, like, really turned you off, and you're trying to get back in, but... Yeah. What I is mean, that, end of four, you said, or...? That was end of four. I've watched some of season five. And this is six now? Yeah. Woo! And that's the end. And they want to keep it going for, like, like a supernatural... Long, so, like, 13, like, 14, yeah, 15 yeah, seasons. Okay. I mean, I could see it happening. It I mean, I could see it happening. I mean, it's make. popular enough, but that's so many episodes and so many hours. But uh, Yeah. Yeah. All right. But, cool. Um, um, so I'm going to answer the... Uh, uh, oh gosh. The big. Uh, the why big... do you have this sitting on the table right now? Okay, and why so... did you watch it? Okay, so my thing with Fifty Shades, I have Fifty Shades darker Blu-ray on the table right now. Let me explain because I know I have to defend myself. Because believe me, I get it. I get we're it. losing listeners right now. Probably. I, I get it. Yeah. Okay, I get it. If Jordan <laughs> were here, he'd be ripping me an equally big one. Yeah. Um, the thing about Fifty Shades is Jamie Dornan. There is no other reason that I was ever interested in Fifty Shades. I watched The Fall, which is a fantastic. Uh, crime drama from the UK uh-huh. starring Gillian Anderson. Um, so my motives were pure there and, and, and Jamie Dornan. Um, 
it's a great show. He plays a serial killer, and I just really fell in love with him as an actor. I love him as an actor. Also, the Fifty Shades thing, like, they're, all the books came out. It was, like, a big thing, and I wanted to understand it. I was like, what the fuck is this Fifty Shades? Why do people like it so much? And as a writer, I want to understand the popular zeitgeist. There's something about it that intrigues me and attracts me. And it's not curiosity about S&M, but on, 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 it sort of is because I want to understand how they're going to try on the screen to justify the lifestyle or you know it because not that the lifestyle needs justification Uh, but you know what i mean like how is this movie going to make it seem like these characters are having fun or what kind of cheesy way are they going to do it and like how are they going to depict that in a movie like that that people can watch that's not x-rated you know i just was just infinitely curious about it so the first movie came and because i like jamie dornan so much uh, I didn't go to the theaters or anything, but I picked up the Blu-ray when it was like ten dollars. I didn't get, I didn't spend a ton of money on it, and I watched it. And actually, the first Fifty Shades I quite enjoyed. It was directed by, um, what's her name? Uh, I think the woman who did um, Taylor, Sam Taylor Johnson. Okay. Believe it or not, um, who I, did she? No, she didn't do Wonder Woman, but she did. She's done a lot of no, great stuff. She's Patty a very Dickens. yeah, but 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 Sam Taylor Johnson is is like an auteur, like strong feminist vibe. Um, and she actually made it into quite a good movie. Um, I also get a kick out of it. I enjoy telling people I, I, that I don't hate it because then they have this horrible reaction, and I'm like, it's not as bad as you think. That movie's entertaining. It has a good arc. Jamie Dornan is just really cool in it. I really like her as well. Um, you know, it's it's kind of a hot movie. Um, that one I genuinely enjoyed. Um, everybody loves to say this concept of, um, you know, that that it that it basically is just a really bad depiction of S&M. It's not even, like, really about the actual lifestyle. Um, to me, that was never the point. To me, it's it's this concept of this character who's really damaged, and uh, I'm not even going to try to justify it. I'm just going to say I kind of enjoyed it. I kind of enjoyed it. I don't think it's as terrible as everyone else did. That okay. said, right. that said, this one, Fifty Shades Darker, is a piece of rubbish. Yeah. Um, I picked this one up because it was, again, $10 finally. Um... It just sucks. Um, you know, I, maybe I was just going through a phase where I enjoyed the first one a little bit because this one I started watching it, and, I mean, it's just ludicrous. The whole fucking thing is ludicrous. Like, he's been kind of cured of S&M. You want to hear the funniest <laughs> part? So he's got, like, it's a disease or something. He has this scene, and when I told somebody this, they just they, they, like couldn't even look me in the eye, where she, he has, like, this vulnerable spot on his chest because apparently, like, he was abused oh by the God. woman who's, like, a mother figure who taught him about S&M and what his carnal desires are. So, like, there's this place on his chest where he's been, like, I guess burnt with cigarettes and he's, like, really scarred. You find out in this one that his mother was a crack addict who died on the street from a crack overdose, which isn't even a real thing, by the way. Crack overdoses are, like, not a thing, really. If they are, they almost never happen. Um, and so... Um, he has this area that's vulnerable. So he actually, he goes, you know my rules. This is off limits. And he points at like his, his chest. So then she <laughs> takes lipstick and draws a box on his stomach, oh which is off limits. You and didn't th- finish it. No, no, okay, no. Good, I watched yeah. the first 30, 40 minutes. I had okay, to pull yeah. it out. I can't watch it. Yeah. Um, and so I do have some standards. Um, and so <laughs> then they're in the shower and she goes, can I take it off? Can I remove it? He goes, Yes, but just stay outside the lines. Oh, my God. And then she takes, like, a – it's, like, oh all my. erotic. She takes, like, a, a lupka – what do you call it? Lufkas, uh, the thing that you, you scrub with. Okay, yeah. A loofah. And she, like, she like soaps it up. 
rubs off the lipstick on one part of his chest, rinses it, does a big squeeze of the loofah, then does another like rub off, and then he's like he's like <gasps> like like little like breaths, like she's getting too close to his vulnerable spots. I mean, I can it's, only imagine what the soundtrack is going on. It's horrendous, the, uh, dude. Yeah. It's horrendous. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the movie's real bad. Yeah. And then she's got this like incredibly blatant sexual harasser boss, but Jamie Dornan. It's like everything about it and here's the way, here's the thing about it too that's real bad. It's incredibly manipulative. It basically just wants women to be like it's a fantasy for women in this way. In the way of Jamie Dornan is incredibly wealthy and you know some the the directors of this think that what women want is to have a rich guy sweep them off their feet and do everything for them. So the very beginning of the movie is she she's she's been broken up with him, spoilers, from the first one because he quote took too much pleasure in hurting her in the first one. So that went too far. She was like, "It's okay if you beat me or or hit me or hurt me, but it's another thing if you enjoy inflicting pain. You enjoyed it too much, Christian." Um so that's like why they break up, and then he goes, "It's I want to renegotiate terms or whatever." But but anyway, so she's broken up with him. She goes to this like art exhibit where her photographer friend, who of course also has a huge crush on her, because it's you know supposed female fantasy of every guy wants her, and he's got and like she gets to this photo um, exhibit, and it's all pictures of her. So like her best friend is like, I just looked through my pictures, and the best ones were the ones of you. So those are the ones I had to put. Look how beautiful you look. Um, Anastasia and she's like they're just so big and there's just so many of them and he's like I'm sorry but if you know, she's, he's like if I'd asked you you would have said no she's like yeah you're right so then Christian rolls up and this is your introduction to Christian in the movie and then the friend goes oh wait hold on a second I gotta go for a sec he goes over to his agent and, and he gets this smile on his face and he comes back and he goes well Anastasia looks like somebody else agrees that you're beautiful Somebody bought every single photo. And then Christian walks in, and she's like, you did this, didn't you, Christian? He goes, I don't like other men gawking at you. <laughs> it's awesome, dude. Wow. It's awesome. It's okay. awesomely horrible. Um, anyway, it's 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 bad. This movie is terrible. The original Fifty Shades was kind of entertaining. This one's I'm amazed you spent money, but uh, okay. Yeah. I like but, I yeah. said, dude, I, I enjoyed okay. the first yeah, one. Yeah, this one's yeah. just, just junk. Okay. Anyway. New okay. perspective that I have. I like to understand what people like, okay. even if it's Fair weird enough. shit. All Fair right, um, you're up. All right. So, well, have you watched anything else? Let's see. Lately, got to be a movie or two. Halloween favorites. Um, like, let's see. Did American Werewolf in London the other day because it's one of my favorites. Okay. But, um, what the, the original one? Like, oh from... yeah, yeah, yeah. Which we talked about a little in the last podcast that Max Landis, John Landis' son, still wants to remake that, and John uh-huh. Landis advised him against it, which is kind of hilarious but which i agree with that's one that doesn't need to be touched um it also ties in though with uh so one of the things i'm reading right now is an omnibus of marvel's werewolf by night oh right the, i remember you got 70s. that yeah yeah it's fantastic so is it really uh, great oh yeah yeah so um this is a series that was created by let's see roy thomas um uh let's see michael oh my gosh plug is the artist's name and then Gary Conway is a scripter. Um, Marv Wolfman also wrote a few issues later on. I think some crossover ones. Um, but so all these, you know, legends of um, comics from the early 70s. Um, and what the really fascinating thing about this book is that it was cre- it was it ran while the Comics Code Authority was still in effect, which um, for those of you who don't know, was this sort of um, censorship 
that was created after the publication of Friedrich Wartham's The Seduction of the Innocent, oh, which was this book that just said comic books will destroy your minds and they're going to turn your kids into you know suicidal and it really and did we'll, create a lot of fear yeah. it was right. terrible and it was oh i mean it was a mass hysteria and it was um it really capitalized on a lot of fears and so same with I, the whole idea that dungeons and dragons will turn you sadistic right you know, right, that kind exactly. of nonsense sure sure and because of that book the comics code authority originally was i mean so censored to the point of you know that you could have very light-hearted superheroes and that was about it but there was no horror at all no vampires no werewolves nothing there were then modifications made to the code um i believe that it started in the 70s so that they allowed these things to come back in you could um expand into genres of horror and sci-fi but they still had to be approved and they couldn't be so you know overtly violent or um sex filled or with language or anything like that no 50 Um, shades of werewolf no no nothing like that but um but even with that it still reads as a great horror book um it dropped this guy named jack russell whose father was a werewolf and he inherited the condition from him um on his 18th birthday is when um he becomes the first and um his mom dies and he's out to um, protect his sister and just kind of figure out his new life and uh he meets a sorceress and a writer and all these other characters and the art is spectacular it's amazingly scripted um roy thomas helped create it and then was the series main editor throughout its run um but this omnibus was that they well they had the omnibus of the black and white um for a while but the marvel just released uh, the first volume in color um and it's fantastic so i've been reading through that so that was a nice companion to werewolf in london awesome um, but i haven't been as adamant about watching like ones i haven't seen as much um and i you know watching you Shanko also watched the one you told me about last time um uh, hush quiet hush hush yeah, yeah. I, I revisited that's still one of my favorites um awesome so yeah uh, uh, i'll probably i do want to check out lights out which uh do you remember that one uh-huh. from last year yeah it was originally a youtube video yeah, yeah, or yeah a video a short it's on HBO, so I think I'll watch that. Yeah, I just saw that, actually. Yeah, I also saw the... No, not the movie, but I also saw there was another movie that just hit HBO that looked good. Um, what was it? Oh, yeah, John Wick. Oh, really? Part 2 Part... is on HBO now. Ooh. And I haven't seen it, so... Ooh, dude, it's good. I can't wait. All right, yeah. so I have one more surprise that I totally forgot that needs to be talked about. Um, did I talk about Mindhunter yet? No, yeah, okay, yeah. Randy had watched it, yeah, so yeah, so, he... He tells me I need to. I like, got yeah. obsessed with yeah, it. Yeah. It is fantastic. Yeah. So let me tell you about Mindhunter. Um, you need to watch the first two episodes before you get into it. Yeah. The first two episodes are very much like typical Netflix or peak TV where they really do try to develop the characters. He has this girlfriend who's really annoying, uh, the main guy. Uh-huh. Um, he's played by Jonathan Goff or Groff. He's the guy that was in like uh, Glee. He was also – he played King Alexander in um, – uh, the 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 he was like the second one to play it in uh, Hamilton. Okay. Um, he's in a lot of things, but anyway, yeah. at first I didn't really like him. He's supposed to play like this wide-eyed like Boy Scout young FBI agent who like over the course of the season grows darker as he gets exposed to these criminals. Um, and then he has this girlfriend who's like a hippie and very liberal and goes to college and you know just kind of like is always challenging him and talking shit to him and being a, a pain in the ass. But uh. somehow they still like each other. Um, and, and, and that stuff is really exhibited a lot in like episode one and halfway through two. But once the series shifts into the serial killer interviews, it becomes a fascinating show. And you might wonder, like, 
you know, it's that concept that happens where, you know, uh, Akira, great example. Everybody loves Akira that saw it back in the day. And, and it's so important because it's seminal and those tropes have sure. inspired so many things. But if you watch Akira now, it's like, like, oh, this I've is seen old this shit. A million times. Exactly. So this could have been that. And I was worried it was going to be because this is the, based on the book, Mindhunter, mm. about these FBI agents who interview, who first got the idea to interview serial killers. They weren't mm. even called serial killers. They were called sequence killers. Huh. And then they even coined the phrase serial killers. Um, and then they um, get together with like this academic woman. And then the three of them, you know, this guy, the main driving force, Jonathan Groff, uh-huh. his partner, who's amazing, by the way. He, his name is Fincher. Yeah, Finch. He's just this awesome actor um, who's like sort of more of the grizzled FBI agent, okay. a little more jaded. And then this woman from academia. And the three of them become this trio sort of fighting, uh, you know, uh, against the powers that be to start interviewing these serial killers and it's this really cool exploration of that but that this is what inspired the true story mindhunter the book is what inspired silence of the lambs it's what inspired things like nail biter yeah um the idea of collaborating with killers to understand the mind of a killer and then therefore solve crimes zodiac which fincher also did another great example and so it's very much like if you've seen that stuff already you might think like this is even if you don't call it derivative you would call it boring because you've seen it done already But once it starts rolling, and by the third episode and such, it was riveting, and we were just we just couldn't That's stop what Randy watching said. it. Yeah, yeah. He right. said the same thing about yeah. it. it. Takes a little while. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but once you get into it, man, I mean, mm. you just want to watch it and watch it. It's very pleasurable experience to watch. Believe it or not, it actually is so well done with some of these serial killers and the way they talk and the way that. So what it really shows you is how human these serial killers are. So, mm. like, they have these conversations with with the profilers, and. They're very smart and lucid about themselves. They'll they'll go into real depth about like, well, I think it was because my mom did this to me, and then my mom always had this thing where um, she would point to the to the young girls and say, "I'm so glad those girls don't like you because that keeps you away from them because you're you're a horrible monster and those kind of things." And then this is what kind of led him. It just shows you the seeds of what grew into their serial killer nature. But then also ask the question, was it there all along, or was it nurture, or was it both? Okay. And it doesn't give definitive answers, but it explores it in a really fascinating way. Um, it's great. I mean, it is just a great show. If you have not seen Mindhunter, I would say start it, but I would also say get to the third episode, and yeah. then you'll see what it's all about. Okay. And you're just going to want to watch it and watch it and watch it. But it's so well done, and I actually looked at some of the – that it intrigued me to like go and look on YouTube at some of the videos of the actual serial killers, uh-huh. and it's really, really scary. And when you see these people talking, you would be friends with them. They're so charismatic. They're so interesting. They're so contemplative and deep, and they analyze themselves. And they do these things, but they know what they're doing in many cases. And then there's one that's, like, totally in denial about it. And so they're making this dichotomy of, like, one way to define serial killers in different categories is some of them are completely in denial about what they've done, and others are, like, very thoughtful about what they've done and and really think it through. It's just a really great watch, uh, about 10 hours, and I would say 100%, man. You're in, right? Yeah, no, I'll definitely check it out. I don't know if I'll get to it this week, but I do want, I mean, based on that recommendation, Randy's as well. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, the reviews yeah. are quite good too. I mean, yeah. it's it's not like a flawless, amazing show. Sure, but it's sure. Very good. Sure, sure. Um. So anyway, cool. that's that's my final one of those. So let's okay. start talking about some of the stuff that we've both watched. Okay. Um. Or in part. 
Um, and let's talk about Mr. Robot. Yeah. Um, so Mr. Robot is a show that we absolutely loved universally, I'd say, season one. Yeah, yeah. Um, season one was a masterpiece. Um, it had amazing twists. It had a great story. It had a totally unique look at the world. It created a world that was like ours, but also like a twisted mirror image of ours. Not yeah. really real, but kind of. Um and Rami Malek, his performance in it is so good and so unique and different. He's like the most different protagonist I've seen on TV in maybe ten years. He's just if, so different. Maybe not even ever. longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, just so unique and different. And then you know the reveals that you find out about Mr. Robot. So there's this character played by Christian Slater who's like his partner in crime. And when you find out kind of that that he is a figment of Elliot's imagination and not really a dude. Uh-huh. That just sort of leads into everything to come, and those reveals are done so well. You find out Darlene's actually his sister, uh-huh. even though you didn't know it. Um, it's just done really beautifully. Season one was great. Season two got messy. Um, season two was really good, but it 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 knew what it it knew what people praised it for. The show did. Um, so uh, Sam Esmail, who did who does the show, kind of played into that, and he really wanted to have a show where what you see is not what you get, and you're always being surprised. And I love reveals and twists, but I think we were all kind of mixed on the fact that the first full half of the la- of the second season was all kind of in an effort to do one twist. And while that twist was great, yeah. they wasted a lot of television real estate tricking you. Yeah. And so, um, and I and I won't go into exactly what it was because you know a lot less people have seen season two. Sure. But basically, um, you get you know the the wool you know removed from your eyes about halfway through the season, and then there's only like five episodes for them to move the story forward after that. Um, and this whole concept of stage two comes out, which is like after they pull off the. The 10, 9, 10, or whatever it's called, hack, the original mm-hmm. hack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which basically deletes all the system files from E Corp, which is this evil corporation, kind of like Google, but also owns banks, so that everybody's debt is wiped. But it also has unintended consequences. And Elliot is really being conflicted about this. Um, you start to see splinters where it's kind of Elliot versus his alter ego, Mr. Robot, in season two. Um, but then there's this character, White Rose, who is like uh, a dual character. Um, yeah, I shouldn't say he. It's it, She is the main version. Um, it's a, a transgender character, um, uh, and uh, she is, is the real persona. But then he, White Rose's alternate um, personality, is like the Minister of Defense for China. That sounds right. And, 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 and White Rose is like sort of— And he shows up at the beginning of season three. And he's kind of yeah. driving all of this, yeah, um, yeah. driving it forward and kind of moving forward on stage two. Uh-huh. Um, so stage two like gets gets foiled sort of at the end of season two, and then Elliot gets shot, and then you see Mr. Robot kind of disappear, and that's kind of the end of that. And then there's yeah. Tyrell Wellick in it. There's a lot of complications. But that brings us into season three and this first episode. Um, and I liked it. I liked it. It was interesting. Uh, what do you I- think? I mean, so I was having this conversation with a friend yesterday who just started the show recently. He's, I think he's somewhere in season two right now. Um, and what fascinates him about it is that uh, it's, to him, it's more just a show about mental illness and not so much about hacking, hacking and everything, which absolutely, I mean, this, you know. Esmail has very, had so, issues and has talked about it. For sure. And it's a very much a surrealist, trippy world that, it is hard to invest yourself in because you're not all it's not a show you watch for sheer entertainment but it's the kind that's you know really interesting to dissect thoughtful and, yes absolutely profound and 
you know, a show to really explore mental illness in this way and with these concepts and with these characters is, you know, extremely commendable and it's um, really fascinating what it does. So, but because of that, it does make it, you know, it can be pretty depressing time. Though. And, like, and, and hard to grasp. Yes, absolutely. Hard to put your finger on. Right. So I can't say I'll continue in the, you know, but I did find the season three premiere interesting. Though. So you're saying that literally a show that used to be one of your favorite shows on television, you may not even keep watching. Well, I don't know if it was ever, like, one of my favorite of all time, but, like... Not of know. all time, I didn't say that, but okay, there was yeah. a time when Mr. Robot was, like, it. It was, it was really good, yeah, but... So it's, it's it's fallen that far. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's very hard to stay invested in, just because, I don't know. I, it, 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 I, you, it's one you really have to stay engaged in because it's so complex and... Um, so you just don't, don't really have, enjoy watching it? Not really. Wow. Yeah. Okay, that's amazing. But, that is amazing. So I really do... I mean, I, I agree with you. Like, when I sit down it's time to watch something, like, I'll choose, like, three or four other things first. Yeah, yeah. But it is something that I want to have seen. And it is something that at its no, best fair. moments yeah. I love. So, for example, yeah, for, for example, the best part I thought about this episode was when... Um, Rami sort of makes you know at, at the end of season two you see that he finally gets to kiss Angela on this train yeah, yeah, yeah. and yes. it's this really good emo moment that I that I absolutely loved and then in this episode he goes up to Angela and he's like you know tries to kiss her and she pushes him off there was that line there was a really great line he says in a voiceover where he's yeah. like um, I've known her since I was eight years old she's been doing this her whole life um, she what was it um, I got you I know the exact line the, go ahead I got the exact line he says if you're wondering if this hurts, it hurts terribly. Um, but keep in mind, I've known Angela my whole life. This is what she does. This is her power saver mode. That was the... He goes, he goes whenever she gets too close to something, she backs away. Uh-huh. It's her power saver mode. Yeah. And, you know, Mr. Robot has done this brilliant job of mixing in she won't hacker metaphors. Love her. And vice versa, but but because it it takes power from her, uh-huh. um, yeah. you know yeah, that was it. Yeah, you said yeah, it right. Yeah. She doesn't love people who love her. You, yeah, 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 you're yeah, right. Yeah. But that it, it saves her from from hurt and from being out of power. Yeah. Um. But then they use power saver mode, which is you know a, a computer term. Right. And that's what this thing is always done. It always has these really cool concepts of. Um, and then I did really like the moment where he's like, "I really wish I could mute, uh, have a mute button in life," you know, because he's at this like it was like a hacker gathering of mm-hmm. sorts. Uh, and pops up on the screen a mute button, and so that uh-huh. and that was just really clever. So. There's a lot of oh, cool stuff. A, I mean, there. it's like it's extremely well done. It's clever and everything, but it is hard to stay engaged in because it's so. It, I mean, lines like that are just it's so depressing. But yeah, uh, well, yeah. well. So for me, I was I, I liked it a lot. I, I'm mixed on it in certain ways. Mm. Um, the thing I hated was they like injected this really unnecessary Trump bashing scene. That whatever you yeah, feel about okay. Trump, it was so out of place. It was just like they. There were like some political stuff they threw in season two that was okay. Also, yeah, yeah, but this was pretty heavy handed. This yeah. was just like I mean, they just threw in. So basically, he starts uh, Rami Malek's character uh, Elliot. He starts feeling guilty about everything he's done and realizing that maybe it's going to have the wrong consequences. And this shows a couple years back, so it's during the Obama administration. And he basically starts talking about what have I done, what might happen in the future. And, like, they just show clip after clip after clip of Trump being, you know, uh, giving speeches and Trump doing stuff. And it's like, you know, I get people don't like that outcome. I get that. But, like, the, the universe of Mr. Robot doesn't seem like it's leading to that. 
It seems yeah. like it's leading to, to, to something, but not that. Yeah. Our world led to that. Right. You know, right, I don't right. understand why. The, the, I mean, I do get it because he's been told so many times how prolific, not prolific, how uh, much of a, a predictor he has been of the future. He's like, how did you predict Trump and yeah. all this? And he's gotten all this credit. And it's almost like he has to put that in there to, like, thank those people for loving him for it. And I just hate that. I, I hate it. I thought that whole montage was shit. Um, and not for political reasons. I just thought it was completely out yeah. of place and unnecessary. Yeah. Um, but the stuff about him versus Mr. Robot, that's what's been set up. So basically, sure. during the day, Elliot is Elliot. At night, Mr. Robot gets to control Elliot's body. Right. And so Angela knows this. And she's working with White Rose, and it's kind of like this this back and forth thing where she has to like talk to Elliot during the day to keep him appeased and like controlled. And it looks like he's gonna start working for Evil Corp and that's gonna be like their way to like keep yeah. him busy while Mr. Robot at night executes this plan. And they've also hinted, I don't know if you saw these hints, at the idea of um, time travel or this concept of alternate universes. Yeah, so I can see that. Angela's endgame is starting to look like um, undoing her parents' death and all the damage Evil Corp did by using some sort of technology. Now, if you remember, White Rose from season one has been talking about time, 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 time. Time is not in our control. Time is this. Time is that. Uh Time is everything. And she's constantly checking her watch and doing different things with time and saying, you have three seconds left. You better use it wisely. You're 30 seconds left. And then in this one, you see her at the Hedron Collider. So she's actually hanging out like near something that's like the Flash thing sure isn't that what the flash thing is a hedron collider or whatever yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah um and so it and you know in that one it's all about you know traveling through time and flashpoint and stuff so it really is using all these touchstones to talk about maybe the fact that they can go back in time so this show is That's getting really sci-fi and yeah. really cool um so i i mean i'm really enjoying it I, it's it, it's oh, got Bob, big missteps but bobby Cannavale's new character carnival yeah. Yeah, yeah what do you think Carnival. I like him. He's interesting. I mean, he is. I really he's supposed to be his... comedy relief somewhere. Sure, I, and I can see it, uh, that in um, sort of, I mean, black comedy, I imagine. But, um, yeah, I really liked his performance in Master of None this season, so uh, I think that's, it, it's like a good character for him. He's like this cab driver, detective, writer, you know, like, total, like, uh, noir-ish character, but also has a character-like persona yeah yeah like he'll go into the like he'll go into a uh, uh like a fried chicken place and be yeah. really pissed off that he gets like his 10th punch on yeah, his yeah, value yeah, card yeah. and then he's like okay great where's my milkshake she's mm-hmm. like you can't use that till your next visit and she and he's just like and he's arguing with her he's got plenty time. of money yeah yeah he's got plenty of power that's not the issue right he just is like that's ludicrous i have a card that's punched yeah. what yeah. the f- give me my fucking milkshake yeah, yeah, yeah you know it's just it's cool it's really yeah. cool so it, it, it's it's harkening back to that social commentary mr robot has always done it is an intense show but it's still one that i enjoy and i, I think this season is going to shape up nicely so okay, we shall right, yeah. see yeah. I'll, I'll keep you posted okay cool all right cool. man what's right. next kevin okay what's next well how do you want me to do this because like i i mean i really don't want to spoil anything so, of course but, not yeah yeah okay so let's right. let's do it like this um I recently started watching Stranger Things. Um, this is your first time? First oh, time. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So when I first saw the show was when it first came out, and I watched the first two episodes, one and then two a little bit after. Mm-hmm. And I like them, um, but I they didn't grab me incredibly. Now, I realize for some people the show grabs them immediately. For me, um, it didn't right away. I liked it, but I didn't love, love it. Yeah. Um, recently, with the impending release of, of season two, 
uh, and just the amazing way this just grabbed the social conversation. I was like, all right, it's time Jump to finally the watch the show. Yep. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. So I watched the first two episodes again, enjoyed them a little more this time, mm. and then once I got to the third one, I was fully grabbed. Yep. Um, and and I now I am fully on board for this show, really, really enjoying it. So I thought a good way for us to structure this would for me for me to talk with you about the show in general, and then also to for me to ask you some questions yeah. about how they fulfill some of the core promises without asking specifically how sure, they sure, do sure. it. Okay. Um, so for me, the things that are great about the show, obviously the kids are great. Um, there are times when I mean they are kids; they're not like master actors. So there are times when they come off a little bit like weird. Dustin is my guy. Dustin's great. <laughs> Dustin's great. I love that he's the he's the peacemaker. You're right, that guy right, too. Right. Um. So whenever there's an argument, you're always able to chill it out. Yeah, that's I know. I very much relate to him. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so that's awesome. Um. And so the kids are good. Um. I will say this about L. Eleven, mm-hmm. um, the uh, the superhero character basically. Yeah. She's got superpowers straight up. Right. Um, she is at first not very likable to me. Now I know the whole world is taken by her and loves Elle. Right. Loves she's Elle. been isolated. Well, and she's been isolated for so long too. But I actually didn't love her early on. At first, I was annoyed by her and her whole wide-eyed wonder at the world and just like, <laughs> what is this friendship? Interesting. Um, uh, that kind of stuff. But as the show goes on, I've come to really like her. And there was one scene, the end of episode six, that is the best moment that that show has had by far when the dude jumps over the waterfall or what jumps over the cliff. Yeah, 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 and then she's yeah. missing, so you don't know what's gonna happen. You, and I was thinking he's not gonna die. No, he's not gonna die. He's, a, he's the main character. Mike. But Mike, right. But um, these bullies are basically trying to push them over the cliff. Right. And like he, to save his friend Dustin from being cut. Yeah. Uh, he jumps. He says, "Fuck it, I'll jump." And and all their friendships have been tested at this point in brilliant and ways. And you get a sense that he knows that he has some sort of telepathic connection there, that or some sense that. Did you get that, that sense? I didn't realize that. I mean, not that he has any powers, but I think he was uh, aware I, that he might have a backup plan. Yeah, he was okay. really trusting in Eleven to be there at that point. Wow. Okay, um, I didn't realize that. So what I, I thought, so. what I thought was just that he thought he could make the jump. That the water wasn't. Yeah. I mean, it was into water. It wasn't a suicide jump sure, sure. per se. Sure. Now the the distance and the height might have meant that it yeah, kind yeah. of would have killed him. Uh-huh. But whatever. So he jumps, and then all of a sudden, wow. He gets saved and pulled back up, and then he goes whoop, and she like lifts him back up, lands him back on the cliff, and, and just like sets him into there. Frame. She walks into frame, so badass, yep. and then just like cracks her head, and then the, the fucking bully goes flying. Yep. And there's this awesome music, and she just says, you know, stay away from my friends. And oh, it's so good. Oh, yeah. it's so good. You know, that whole episode is all about is she with us or with that mm-hmm. or not with us. Right, right. And the culmination of it, it's just a show that gets better and better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, some shows don't. Some shows are either good and they stay good or they're, you know, or, or they're just bad. But this show just started out pretty good and it just gets better and better and better. And it finds its footing and its characters find their place and it just right. really starts kicking off. Well, and so what I'll go ahead and say about season two without diving into spoilers or anything, but... Uh, so one of the only criticisms people uh, Jordan had this criticism of season one was that you know the common description of it is is like Spielberg meets Stephen King meets John Carpenter but he's like yeah but it's like Spielberg and then King and Carpenter which is valid for season one it's a lot of Spielberg you know the the whole eleven thing it's very E.T. And if you well, don't it's like also, it, you know what else I noticed? It's yeah. also very minority report. Minority report. She's as fucking well, yeah. Agatha. Yep. Oh, absolutely. But especially like the 
humanistic uh, sentimental aspects uh, headlights very... in the woods yes her with a wig on right, are you right, kidding right, right riding on the back of a bike right, right. Did, and then she lifting him up she could easily lift the bike later exactly you know exactly so if you're not an et fan yeah it's going to be a little harder to get into season one what season two does though is uh, they up the horror they it goes in it draws influence from a lot of other books movies from the 80s so there's some james cameron in here um there's actually there's a really interesting episode not a huge spoiler here but we meet another um human you know, like a metahuman like 11 um it's the episode's called the lost sister where 11 goes in to try to find her um and this episode is like a throwback to 80s punk movies so it's like suburbia repo man oh. and it's really fascinating what they do there um and cool. again the horror is a lot more amplified in season two um still in a night uh, perfectly is it, is it still like fun and, oh absolutely and light? yes so absolutely. It, it doesn't become like really heavy. oh no no, no 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 not really like it but um but it does get i mean there's more violence toward the end um and it gets pretty intense at one point but um yeah no but it, darker but no absolutely the fun the lightheartedness the characters are all still there so that's what i love about it is it really does a great job expanding upon the world and bringing back all these elements that uh, people love but also not just repeating itself and doing like the greatest hits of season one it really takes things and it does a lot more with Eleven's story um exploring mm -hmm. her origin and getting into those details and um, does it do here's the big question that i have does it do does it fill in so at the end of season one a lot of people said and it this discouraged me from the show not realizing now i realize a lot more why this isn't as important uh -huh. as i thought it was but it says that like they leave a lot of plot points hang hanging in terms of the evil corporation and you never oh, yeah, get yeah, resolution yeah, yeah. on that is that get better in season two or is that still yeah, well, not no, the it, point well everything is directly linked to season one so they pick off exactly a year where they left off but yes yeah, so you get a lot of it all the answers that you had like thinking about yeah that's Granted, all answered the, uh, the as far as the mechanics of the upside down and like you know the origins of that organization no we don't get that quite yet but um and i don't know if we'll ever get fully a full explanation of what the upside down is and right. how it came into existence so no we don't get a full uh, um answers into the origins of that corporation but it's still brought back into uh, but we do have like an idea of what it is and what their goals yeah, are and, yeah, yeah yeah i mean i don't think you need to i mean i think it's pretty clear it's a cia shadow yeah, organization I mean, they're trying to develop spies right, and then right. while they're doing this they 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 come upon the upside down right. and they realize they can use it to their advantage i mean isn't that w yeah, yeah what i need to know well I mean, that, and that's the thing that's why i didn't really get why people yeah. were so well what was it they that. were wondering that they didn't get i guess they wanted to see more of they a little more spelled out for them i don't know but i i mean because i i the answer the you're gonna you know, have some answers at the uh, questions at the end of season one, uh -huh. but I think they're all answered well. In okay, good. Two, that's so, what I was wondering. Right. The questions that you have, yeah. get answered. Yeah. Okay, um, well that's good. But yeah, you get um, her origin more explored in season two. Um, but because oh, I have and, two episodes left of season one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How yeah. are those? Are they really oh, good? Great. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You get to see the monster and everything, the demogorgon, and a lot of other things. But and uh, without too much spoiling. Yeah, the evil scientist thing isn't the, that plot point isn't as repeated 
you know, in season two. It's more oh. different kind. The there's a I different. I really threat. like the antagonist. In oh, cool! I can't talk about it, but I really like it. Okay, so so Matthew Modine is like not the focus here. No. Bad guy was. No. Is he even in it? I can't really okay. tell you okay. there. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Without spoiling, but yeah. interesting. But I really like the villain in season two, and like what I mean, as a figure, and the especially the last few episodes, I was just like I was hooked. Riveting, yeah. right? Yeah. Um. Cool. So, so how how good of a job does it do, um, continuing the story in terms of like all the characters we've come to know? Oh about? yeah, no, it picks up where everything left off, and um, again, it's a little hard to talk about. Yeah, no, 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 no. I mean, just roughly the end of season, but right. um, no, I mean everything's consistent. I mean, and... I know that Will Byers is alive. I've seen pictures. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I've yeah, seen yeah, pictures yeah, yeah, yeah. of his ass right, in right, classroom, right, so I right. know he's alive. Right. So that part I know. Right. Um, I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know how he's going to get back, yeah, yeah. but I know he's alive. So that part I know. But aside from that, like, Winona Ryder's character... Oh, here's a criticism I had. Winona Ryder's character drove me fucking crazy in the first half of season one. Well, with her ranting she... and raving and screaming. I get she's a traumatized yeah, mother, I mean... but she's so flaily about it and whiny and, and like, well, and with her hands. I mean, she's I mean just... it gets a little exhausting, but I mean, yeah. I kind of I get it, though. Yeah, I, I just didn't yeah. love her performance early on. Yeah, yeah. Later on in the season, though, when she becomes a more battle-hardened yeah, yeah. version of herself, a little smarter, a little right. shrewder, um, a little bit more like, let's fucking fix this, that's when I really started getting more into her character. The first right. four episodes, I really didn't like her very much. Who I love and who makes the show for me more than the kids is Hopper. Hopper, yeah. No, and I mean, if you love him now, you're going to love him even more. Uh, Hopper and Eleven get, um, uh, I mean, of course, the fan favorite in season one and what they do with them in season two, I mean, I can't really talk about yeah. it, but... It's just, yeah, you're going to love him even more. Because I love Hopper. Yes, yes. I love him, love him, love him. And I, actually, my favorite moment from season one, you haven't seen yet. At the, it's in the last episode where it does a flashback with his daughter. And so, oh. and, and it's so, like, gripping. His, David Harbour, again, I cannot wait to see him play Hellboy. He's it's, so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is the one. He, may, he puts everyone else on the show to shame in terms of his acting chops. Yeah. The way he reacts to stuff he's uh -huh. so authentic yeah. he's such a good where does he come from do we know that's what i because i so i mean I did he just come writer, out of the fucking upside down it just like um, maybe appeared? he did he, just, he they they said hey we need the perfect guy to play the sheriff in our show oh my Make god is he good yeah so i way, really did not fall i i don't know I, I really didn't follow him prior to that um but um yeah no you're gonna love actually okay so that's obvious that you're gonna love Hopper and Eleven even more in season two than season mm -hmm. one, but the really funny standout is what they do with Steve in season two. It's pretty, oh, he becomes a fan favorite even more. Like oh, it's good. Pretty, like it's pretty. I really like what they do. With I like Steve at first. They, I hated. Oh, him. I know everyone hated him at first because they're like, oh, it's a one note jock and he's a dick and right, and he's gonna off. just yeah. get dead of virginity right. and then treat her like shit. Right, right. But no, what they do with because well, I, have you seen the no. like. I've seen the last thing I saw was the him. fight that he gets in. That's what I was about to ask. Okay, so you okay. saw that. Okay. Um, so you'll see something soon, and then, but what they do with him in season two is really impressive. And he develops a very unexpected relationship with one of a the character. kids. Okay. Yeah. And it's really fascinating. So, yeah. 
Awesome. Friendship, so, awesome. Yeah. Well, that sounds it sounds great. I'm and excited about And then new characters, Shauna Aston is like the most Shauna Aston character you could possibly imagine. I know we're running a little long time, but No, no, you're um, good. But um he plays uh well do you mind if i tell the relay it's not a huge part. no I, I saw the picture it's it, him and winona right okay yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, that's he's interesting her, he's her boyfriend yeah um and yeah he plays this like ultimate goody two shoes how and, bad like, is it, lonnie hilarious. in season one? Oh, oh my god he could was, he you know, be worse i know i wanted to see him getting eaten by the demogorgon but you know he's terrible um, he doesn't show up in season two so because he's yeah. so bad yeah, yeah he's so fucking bad um, okay cool so over school and also there's two other new characters in that one's um this redheaded girl who joins the group um her name is maxine okay and um That's she's cool. really cool and then her uh stepbrother who's a dick uh, is played by um dacker montgomery who's the guy who played the new red ranger okay. in the new power rangers movie but yeah interesting but okay so overall how does it compare to season one i liked it more like it really that much so because i now there is certain elements about season one that you can't really duplicate in terms of the discovery because at this point you know they're immersed into the world so it's not about them exploring this universe and realizing all you know that oh this whole other dimension exists and all that because they already know right Right. but what they do with the characters building upon everything in the world creating this new threat which is to me more fascinating than um, what they do in season one. So are there new, so as much as they've answered questions in season one, do they ask new ones and are there new mysteries that are interesting and compelling or is it just a character study? No, oh no, there's definitely new stuff, but as far as like the conclusion, it's more conclusive than season one, but there's still a little tease at the end. I mean, they're already working on season three. It is coming. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think the plan is to do four seasons total. Which Sounds I think good. Is good. I mean, that's Perfect. A real, that really Perfect. is Perfect. Nice. That's not too long or too short. Um, do it. That sounds so, like, yeah. that's that's great. Right. I love it when they know what they're going to do, and they're going to do it. A four-season show like that with eight to nine to ten episodes yeah. a season is perfect yeah, yeah yeah and this one is nine episodes so. yeah yeah no i know yeah. that's that that which is yeah. surprising it's like why not 10 but yeah, yeah. why not eight right but anyway nine's fine yeah i mean that's the thing about netflix they make it as long or as short as they want and that's how it is yeah so yeah awesome so you liked it even more i did wow wow it's impressive but yeah that is really like hard I, to I, I could i couldn't wait to like talk about people and stuff came here yesterday to talk about a few people and then told other people to go and binge it and yeah it's just Wow. Okay. Cool. Awesome. Whenever I talk about how much people love that show, you're the first person I talk about because right. you like it more than even most people. Yeah. Like you fucking love that show. Oh yeah. So all right. I got, cool. We have the uh, cutout, a cardboard cutout out here in the uh, shop. I put my head through a few weeks ago. Awesome. Sure, but, awesome. So you're the demi gorgon or something? Or no, what it's was it? it's eleven because it's the main oh, poster. So I mean, yeah. Cool. All right, man. Well, I bet cool. you make a good 11, Kevin. Okay, thank you. All right. Um, weird comment. Sorry. All right. <laughs> there are uh, actually many guys cosplaying as 11 right now. It's fantastic. Well, I mean, <laughs> as a short-haired character, I could see that. Does 11's look change at all in season two? Yeah. Awesome. Man, there's so much to look forward to. I'm looking forward to it. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Um, well, it sounds like Stranger Things is something people need to check out, season two especially. And we're probably are going to do – I know I was limited as to what I could say here, but um, we are probably going to do oh, a definitely. spoiler cast. And, definitely. Like, I want to get some. I want to get someone with, like – a unique perspective on 80s uh, uh, culture and 80s. That movies. would be cool. Hopefully, we can yeah. get that done too. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. So. All right. Well, let's uh, let's let's switch gears a little bit. Okay. That's definitely horror, but it's not a horror movie. Right. Um, let's talk about a horror movie that we saw. Um, on a slightly lighter note, um, <laughs> it is called Happy Death Day. 
Uh, saw it. Yeah. And uh, it is a movie that I was excited about because it was a whodunit. Excited about it because it's kind of like Scream. Right. Excited about it because it's Groundhog Day, but horror. Written by a comic book writer. Right. Written yeah. by um, Scott Lobdell. Right. Yeah. Right. Who is is who's a you know somewhat liked comic book writer. Somewhat, yeah. Um, and um, and yeah. So we saw it. I was really pumped for it. I, I was like really expecting it to be an awesome movie. I found it to be okay. Yeah. I mean, I, it was kind of exactly what I expected it to be. I mean, it was like, less uh, than what I expected. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I was, I kind of went in knowing it was going to be ridiculous, like, got B movie esque, you know, just fun, but insanely ridiculous. So, so I, yeah. expected, I expected, I didn't more. expect the twist to be as wow as it was, but. Yeah, it was. You mean as wow negative? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so for me, I I really was hoping that it would be more like Scream in that you don't know who it is and it matters who it is. Right. Like in Scream, they developed the characters in a way that made me care. Like if any of these people is a killer, I'm gonna feel betrayed by them. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna feel shitty about that. Sure. I'm gonna feel like holy shit, like they were like her best friend or they were her boyfriend or they were this. That's really fucked up. I've gotten to know this person, and that disturbs me. Sure. This did not have that. This not had, uh, you know, sort of like a false first reveal and then a second reveal. And we won't go into the specifics of it because I don't think it's necessary. Do you? No. Okay. I mean, it's... If you want to, you can. But... Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess we need to to talk about okay. it. We need to. So basically, um, spoiler warning. Yeah. Um, she is a character. Her name is Forrest, or what is it? Not Forrest. Uh, Teresa. Lake or no tree tree well, so beautiful but it was short for Teresa which makes no sense okay so, yeah, whatever uh, so her tree. name is tree she's <laughs> she rides that middle ground between uh sororitute quote unquote I'm not calling sorority people no I know that, yeah but yeah but they call them that in the movie yeah um cross between a sororitute and like kind of a kind of a nice girl mm-hmm. you know but the sororitute portion has taken over um she wakes up in um the dorm room of a really cool like kind of geeky kid uh-huh. um very charismatic kind of geeky type like you see in a lot of these movies you know the the love interest with the heart of gold but doesn't get the love until the end kind of character yeah um and um she goes and has her day and then she gets murdered um randomly like under some bridge and then she wakes up again um in this dorm room um later on you find out that he actually didn't sleep with her that night and they're able to develop like an actual relationship uh-huh. and that's cool um but Needless to say, she wakes up, it's the same day, her uh-huh. cell phone rings in the same way, um, and she realizes that she's going to basically keep dying and keep being murdered in different ways. Until she finds out who her killer is. Right, and, and, and fixes the problem. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's the premise. Um, she rolls through it, um, sort of becoming a little bit better of a person each day, slightly, but mm-hmm. more just trying to figure it out. At one point, she gets really hardcore, and she's like, I am going to crack this, and then she just dies and dies and dies. Well, it starts the, to, to, to introduce stakes in a weird, vague way. They start saying that, like, each time she dies, she gets hurt a bit. So, like, she goes to the hospital at one point. Like, she collapses and goes to the hospital, and then they're just like, yeah, uh, so you have wounds on your body that are consistent with, like, being stabbed a hundred times. What's going on, Tree? And she's just like, oh, shit. Well, I guess I can't die unlimitedly because eventually I'm just going to be dead, I guess, in a really vague gray area type way. Yeah. Um, So she realizes that, like, it's all or nothing, and then she goes on this quest. Well, 
what happens is in the background throughout the movie, um, and they're developing certain characters throughout. So like, there's her roommate who's kind of like you can tell Tree's not very nice to her, and right. she's, she's kind of like but a little she's bit also creepy, quiet but quiet and not angry. Uh, right, she uh, yeah. seems to be okay with it. Right, right. Um, she makes a cupcake for Tree all throughout, and she like gives her this cupcake for her birthday because it's her birthday also. Yeah. That's why it's Happy Death Day, right, Happy Birthday. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and then there's this guy who you find out is actually uh, closeted uh, gay, uh-huh. um, and he. Like he's trying to hit on her, but you find out it's kind of like a front. So there's him. There's the the guy whose dorm room she wakes up in. There's this really like mean bitchy sorority sister that runs the house. Yeah. Um. Who else is there? The who are doctor. the other suspects? Oh yeah, this one's this one's key. <laughs> so there is she's having an affair with a doctor who teaches her biology or yeah, something yeah. class, and like he's cheating on his wife and kid with her. Yeah. Um. And so there's that. And so he's a suspect, um, a pretty compelling one at different points. And so that's basically it yeah, on the yeah. suspects. Is there anyone else? I can't really think of anyone. No, those were the main ones. So yeah. So uh, and then not a great suspect. Right. Like pool. And so basically she rushes through and does like a cross, you know, crossing out the list, trying to figure out, uh, find out, you know, um, if any of these people are the killer. And the only reason she determines that is because. Um, she's killed while watching them, you know. Like, but there are a couple like, that don't work. Right, right. And it's like, right. wait, why does that mean that? Right, right. And also, like, if you like, she would like she gets people killed in some of them. It's like I know that your life starts right, over again, right. but you just killed that person. Exactly. What the exactly. fuck? Exactly. So the rules don't really make sense. Oh no! But... If you try to like wrap your head around the logic of it, and especially in the end, like the you can just forget it. But yeah. So she does this, then eventually she determines that there is this serial actual killer. serial killer and you start... masquerading around the town who is at the hospital there. And uh, you the see clips, yeah. like, of the TV flashing, we have a serial killer in the right, area, right, in the right. TV, throughout. Right, right. And so she's like, oh, shit, like, this is the guy, he's been here the whole time, etc. So she's like, oh, if I can just find this guy, kill him, we'll be done. And, you know, so she has this so she develops this, She and, develops this, like, technique to get into the hospital. Right, right, right. She goes there, and she's just about to kill him, but then he's like, gets the upper hand. Right. No, and then he kills, um, what's his face? The the guy she keeps waking up in the dorm room. So he dies, but then, like you said, other people had gotten killed already, too, and she's like, oh, wait, if I, if I kill this guy now, then, um... Like, if she kills the serial killer now, yeah. she's worried that she won't... That what's-his-face won't wake up, you know? Right, yeah, right, I'm which like, I guess makes sense, because makes in sense. that case, okay, she yeah. wouldn't right. She wouldn't have died. Right, So right. her dying is the reset switch, right. so I guess that makes sense, but, it's but still, still, it's yeah. so vague yeah, yeah. and weird. But anyway, so, so she's anyway. like, oh, fuck, I killed this serial killer, and I stopped the problem, but if I don't still die, my this guy right, I now right. have a crush on who's a really good heart of gold guy is gonna die. Right. Fuck. So she has to die again. Die again, and then and then when um, she, she wakes, does it all over again, and then she and does then, it all over again and does and it right, does, and, and she then like, she still wakes up, and, and, right. and it's reset again. And she goes, "Oh fuck! What Why happened? is it reset?" Yeah. And then she looks over at her dresser, or she sees the roommate. She goes, "Oh fuck! I must have died again. I ate the cupcake." So apparently, you, like if you could have seen my face in the theater at that, moment, I was just like, <sighs> I, I was kind of clapping because it was like. I mean, even for a comic book writer, that's impressive to come up with something like that. Uh, you know, the killer cupcake. Um, I mean, but it, 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 yeah. So the the thing is, 
it's a movie that for the first uh, half you yeah. start thinking this isn't that good, but I hope it has a good ending. Then for the second <laughs> third, you 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 find out that the serial killer is really behind it, and then that totally invalidates any concern you have for any of the suspects, and it makes you think, wow, are they really gonna do this? Because if they are, like that sucks. Uh-huh. And then like the big twist is. The twist we showed you wasn't really the twist. The actual twist is it was her roommate who killed her with a poison cupcake. And so at that point, you're like, all right, at least one of the suspects is the killer. That's uh-huh. cool. But that serial killer still exists. That was still a plot point, which yeah, sucked. Yeah. And also, here's another weird thing. The serial killer looked exactly like the doctor. That was crazy. The actors yeah. were like, I mean, it could have been the same dude. Right, right. And it's like so confusing. It's yeah. like, is it his long-lost brother or cousin, and they right, just cut right. out the plot point? It might have been that. Yeah. It was that close. Sure. Um, so I don't I don't know. If, actually, now that I thought up that theory, I bet you that probably was it. I bet you they were like going to make them brothers, and then they were like, this is too convoluted on an already convoluted movie. Yeah. Let's just kill it. can't explain anything. So anyway, she takes out her roommate, throws her out the window, kills her or something, and then finally and- she can wake up normal. But, oh no, she wakes up again in the dorm room, and then her cell phone rings, and then she looks over at the dude, and he's like, "Just kidding. Yeah, I yeah. rang your phone, and, and, and we, we knew, knew that, that was okay. coming. Yep. Mm-hmm. We, Absolutely. Kevin and I, both said like we were waiting for the false. Like she wakes up and she thinks it's the Groundhog Day again, right, and it's right. not. Yep. We knew it was coming, and then it came. The icing on the cake. They're actually talking about Groundhog Day at the end of the movie, and like, and then she's like, "I've never seen that. Who's Bill Murray?" I'm like, "Oh, oh my god." I mean, like, the, yeah. the reality is, it's a five or six out of ten. Yeah, it's not a monstrous. No, movie. no, no. It, I mean, it's a like I I messaged Jordan about it. And I was like. It's, I mean, it's so ridiculous that it's fun and it's kind of the kind of like B October movie that but I ex- it is fun to watch. I expected you know? it to be like, uh, do you like Scream? I don't even know. Um, not my favorite. I, there's other Wes Craven stuff I like. Okay. I like it. Okay. But I mean, it's, it's, but I thought it was right going to be that, that good. You're right in that, I mean, yeah, there's absolutely no reason to care much about the characters and stuff other than about her, her. performance is pretty solid yeah though. she she sells it with the like crap dialogue she has to work with and everything else she does a really good job and i'm hoping they'll put her in better movies yeah yeah me too the thing that i did like about it that redeemed the movie for me that brought it out of like being a three or four mm-hmm. was when she finally gets her life straightened out and like figures out how to do shit right yeah, yeah and yeah. you see her like she gets it she's gonna have her perfect day finally sure, the sure. groundhog day style sure. and the way they do that is great like she walks through the quad and like she's just like completely naked or that one time and then another time she just walked i don't know the movie's complicated so i'm trying to remember yeah, yeah. why she was naked that day but regardless oh no that just, was different but that like, was um, different. No, but the when she finally like does it right, like she keeps a couple from getting hit by the sprinklers and um, you know little things like that. It but feels then, good, and then keeps a kid from oh, stands up for one of the sorority sisters who's getting bullied by the bitch. He wants, right, and then, right, and then she um, goes up to the closeted gay guy and says, "I know you're gay. You right, do right, you, man." Right, right, and and she just really fulfills her promise as a human, and then reconciles with her dad, etc. Et oh, that was yeah. great. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, wow, I forgot all those points, which yeah, yeah. is which is not a good sign. Yeah. But but I I think that <laughs> ten minute you know montage or vignette or whatever you want right. to call it was great yeah, and i yeah, really yeah. enjoyed that and it was sure. well earned sure. um so there were parts of it that felt triumphant um it's just that that roommate thing they just didn't sell it, it. was dumb yeah they didn't sell them i mean I, I love a twist you know and i would have loved this one if it hadn't been like a double blind twist like that but For sure. it just wasn't executed right yeah so i would say um don't see happy death day uh pick up 50 shades darker instead right right kevin <laughs> oh my <laughs> No, it's a fun, like, yeah, October, but it's just disappointing how much money it made versus Blade Runner. That's just really sad. Is that true? It beat, it beat Blade Runner. Yeah. Happy Death Day. Dude, what happened with Blade Runner? Why Why is it not making money? 
The original was but, a flop at theaters. Now yeah. that I think about it, actually. Well, yeah, I mean that, but back then it was people didn't know what it was. It was. It's surprising that something with this caliber and this status didn't do as well today. I mean, it is two hours and forty five minutes. I mean, it's it long is really, and intense, but it's so it's good. So good. It's 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 easily movie of the year material, yeah. oh, if God, not yeah. movie of the year right now. Right, I mean, right. it's that good. I I'm I'm just I didn't know until you, I, I I just that. Mm, yeah. That's disturbing. Yeah. So. Um, that's, that's, that's very disturbing. Yeah. Um, the impact yeah. of finding out that movie's a flop is more impactful than the ending of Happy Death Yeah, Day. pretty much. Pretty <laughs> that much. moved me more. Um, but anyway, yeah. uh, that kind of wraps up our, uh, yeah, we are, our, our Halloween. Halloween extravaganza. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, you know, so do, you, do you have uh, any more plans? So it's still uh, for us when we're recording this. We don't know exactly when it'll come out, but do like you have plans for yeah? But do you have plans for like what you're gonna do like in the lead up to Halloween? Do you have some movies you're gonna watch more well, or? I do want to check out Lights Out now that that's on right? um, HBO. There's probably a few. I haven't really planned it out. Um, but you're gonna. But, but what do you usually do? On ha- well, on Halloween actually, I don't know what most people are doing, but I may actually do uh, so. November is coming up, so it's National Novel Writing Month. Um, oh, NaNoWriMo. Yeah, I'm going to do that, too. That's yeah. the, and so uh, I was talking about it with a friend yesterday, and um, she sent me some events and stuff coming up for that. And there's one on Halloween I may go to, um, just at uh, some tavern in Raleigh. Um, just write writing events. Yeah. You just mm-hmm. go there and write. Yeah. Oh, dude, that sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah. So um, I mean, uh, but yeah, I did the comic fest here at Ultimate Comics yesterday. So okay, so you've kind of done your Halloween yeah, stuff. Uh, for me, I'm just gonna watch some more horror stuff. I actually want to sure. finally finish American Horror Story season one. I uh, still okay. haven't finished that yeah, fucker. Yeah. Uh, I've been like needing to, needing to. I think yeah. we're on like episode six or seven, which is called Halloween. Right. I think. Right. Did you ever watch that? No, I. I don't know. I need to eventually. There's always Roanoke. Now or there's whatever. yeah, I know there's spinoffs, and I know it's like a cult in and of itself, but yeah. Um, but, anyway. And I've got my werewolf by night on the bus and right. Um, You're just gonna curl up with stuff. some some werewolf. Oh yes. and rock out. Yep. All right. All right. Cool. Well, anyway, uh, where can they find us, man? Uh, you can find us on thejoyofgeek.net for all of our content, written and podcasts, um, podcasts as well on iTunes, Podbean. Um, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at kwshafe. You can find me on Twitter at rich lapore. Cool. And yeah, uh, other places. And then ultimatecomics.com for me. smanewstoday.com. Um, actually, yeah, actually just he just launched a podcast. I, I did just launched a new podcast. Please check that out. Um, it's uh, you can find it on the SMA website, smanewstoday.com. Um, we're working on getting it on iTunes as well, and then it's on SoundCloud. Um, so yeah, it's basically just a podcast where I interview other people with the same condition that I have, spinal muscular atrophy. Um, so it's really cool. I hope you check it out. Uh, and it's actually a, a, a timely episode because the woman I interviewed for the first episode. She works for a nonprofit that makes customized wheelchair, customized costumes for kids in wheelchairs, which is um, awesome yeah, work. Yeah. Um, so I love it when uh, when business and commerce meets like right. like goodwill work. Right. It makes me very happy. Really cool. All right. Uh, well, this was fun. Uh, man, happy Halloween, happy Kevin. Happy Halloween. And um, anyway, my name's Rich. Kevin Schaefer. And have a great day. <laughs>